What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Smalley Talk Podcast. This is your host, Josh Shranko, and I uh, have a couple wet boys on the other line. I got the the one and the only Christian Vaughn. What's up, Christian? What's up, dude? I'm still not happy about wet boy catching on as it has. So <laughs> it's it's caught <laughs> on. And it's it's caught on, and it's here forever, dude. We'll never All drop. Right. <laughs> uh, then uh, on the other line, we have... Um, uh, I'm trying to think of the way to describe this man. He is a uh, uh, bronze a master. He's a well. That would be the last thing that I would say. Uh, that was oh. that's kind of the the fin- grand finale. I was gonna call him a bronze <laughs> master, but he is a he's a, a well known kayak um, aficionado. He's a he's 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 a, a YouTube phenom and a Susquehanna river expert and bronze master jake harshman what's up dude what's going on man i I don't think i don't know how many of those things are actually true um can you spell that what was that word you used aficionado dude we learned that can you spell that can i get can i can i get that and spell it i could definitely try to spell it i I was not not google at first there's not a snowball's chance in hell he could spell that word out of the gate dude i won the i won the the um new or not newbie here comes uh, a lot an elementary spelling bee when i was in third grade dude you don't even know third grade you don't even know yeah dude holy shit Wow, we're um, in rare we're in rarefied air here. We've got the Yeah, bigger. dude, you don't you don't even know. Um uh-huh. but well, yeah, dude, Jake, welcome to the pod. Your first time first time guest on here and uh yeah, he's uh Jake is um very I I I met him once in person and he's a as Chris and I are both sarcastic assholes. He is equally a sarcastic assholes we are so he's right at home here on the podcast definitely a wet boy he's he's soaking wet um but uh yeah yeah man so we wanted to get into this real quick um we're gonna try to try to not let this episode drag on like we do a lot of times but we got a couple things coming up i'm pretty freaking pumped about right well because we just we just recorded an episode with a uh we did our first like collab episode with the swim bait podcast, the scales and tails podcast. So we're, we're going on hour two of recording here, but, um, I mean, I'm, I'm fine, dude. I'm, I could go uh, all right. two more hours. All right. Let's do it. Uh, uh, so, so, Jake, I was going to ask you, have you done any fishing recently? Yeah, unfortunately I have. It's been cold, muddy, high water. Um, not, I have not had a lot of success. The only yeah. fish that's been caught, on the end of one of my fishing rods in the past two trips was a, about a 15 pound carp. Mm. So, mm. That's hot stuff. And yeah, it, wasn't, it was not hooked in the mouth. So oh, <laughs> did you, uh, did you see an old boy uh, from where you're up where you're at with that small game submission? Did you see that yesterday? Uh-uh. Randy, Randy long. Do you know him? Oh dude? Randy's a hammer, bro. He's a yeah, hammer. Dude, he, he turned in like he ordered, 
think he ordered around 20 game pieces, maybe 15. He had had a 21 on there, but that was caught before the game started as so his bonus fish. And then uh, he had a bunch of 18s, a bunch of 17s. He already filled out his entire uh, Smalley Snacks bait fish category. Yeah. Yeah, so pretty pretty crazy. He fishes the Juniata a lot, though. He does. So so Rand, Randy fishes up in the Juniata in stretches that doesn't get a lot of pressure too. Um, he's not he's in a jet the, boy. He's a jet boat guy, right? He is. Yeah. 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 And he's a damn good fisherman. So. Yeah. Catch him. Yeah, like cold it. cold uh, dirty water is like a. It's pretty rough, man. I, I mean, cold and dirty it, when there's. Yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> it should be good, but it's not. It's uh no, it's just that's like the hardest combination of water conditions. I feel like cold think, and muddy. Yeah, I mean, so typically in the, you know other times of the year, I love muddy water. Sure, like summertime, I love it. Whenever like if I could get like a ten foot river in the summertime, that's fantastic. I mean, none of the fish are gonna look like smallmouth. They're all gonna look just like pale pieces of mud. But they're all going to be super fat and eaten. I love a ten foot river in the summertime, but man, right. now it's tough. And the other aspect is navigation in a kayak. You know, Randy's in a jet boat. These jet boat guys have a significant advantage whenever the river gets up. Um, you know, it's you know it's not necessarily safe to be out there in super cold water in a kayak whenever the river's high and moving and there's big trees floating down it. Yeah. So. You know, what do you, serve. uh, what do you, what, what kayak you running this year, Jake? Um, so I still have the Hobie PA 14. Um, it's the 360 model, but <clears throat> once, once all the supply chain issues get fixed, I'm going to be running that innovative sportsman inflatable. I was going to ask, so you had the, you had the I 11 mainly because of that low water last year. Is that what you're, I bought the I 11, the, I guess it's called the I Trek 11 now, but I bought it thinking that it was going to be, you know, like a good little throw-and-go boat. Um, it, it's not durable enough for what I do. <laughs> yeah, he gashed it during the tournament. <laughs> so that, so that um, innovative sportsman, that's a like a PFD kind of, right? It's like a... So imagine, imagine like the water rescue rafts. Yeah, okay. And like water rafts and what they're made out of. He's basically using a similar type material. Um, thickness wise and, and durability wise. And he's basically just made it into a, a flat bottom, you know, flat top kayak. And it has channels that go down this because it's three sections. There's three, you know, three different uh, inflatable areas. You have the center and then you have the two side pontoons. There's a channel um, cut out in between the side pontoons and the center. So if you get water on the deck, it drips down in and then shoots out the back. Um, they also put float pods on the back of it. Basically, like, you know, you got float pods on a, on a jet boat or something to help you get that, you know, that extra flotation back there. Right. So with the motor being back there and all that extra weight of the motor, the motor is actually sitting up inside the hull a little bit and the float pods are sticking out beyond it. Um, and it really, the 14-footer, I think Jeff had it up to like 6.8. <laughs> an hour oh wow so i mean in a kayak that's kind of stupid you know what i mean that's just but I mean, the only downside of it is wind that's mm -hmm. about it and it doesn't have like a pedal drive right it's a no. they, 
So they thought about doing a pedal drive, but the issue with the pedal drive is how do you make something better than what's out there already? Right. You know, yeah. Hobie, Old Town, Native, like Jackson, like these guys all have basically their niche in the market. So in order to make something, you're starting 15, 20 years, you know, behind everybody else. And then if you make something like where, you know, say you put a drive hole that'll fit in Old Town or you put a drive hole that'll fit, a, you know, a, a Hobie, you're you're basically pigeonholing yourself into one brand. And then on top of that, now this guy has to go buy a $1,000 drive system from another company. Mm-hmm. So they just figured they'll keep it paddlecraft only and kind of revolve it around the use of the motor because, I mean, that motor's pretty awesome. The Torquedo 1103 is pretty pretty legit yeah yeah do you work on are you like on their pro staff or do you work for them or anything so i don't i don't i mean i guess they they send me a 1099 every year but i don't work for them i'm on their pro staff um i just actually took over their instagram page and oh my goodness it hasn't been touched since like last last summer dude i was just seeing that somebody was commenting and i was like i wonder who's running that page well, we got him on the. I thought Jeff. I thought Jeff ran it, or maybe he just posts on his own. But he's constantly yeah. posting. Jeff does stuff on his own, and and the problem was is that whoever was running the page, I think it, I, I don't I don't know the guy. Um, I know who it is, but um, it just seemed like maybe he got a little too busy. So I mm-hmm. I, I you know I approached the team manager Matt Ball, and I'm like, hey man, like we're losing in the market. We're we're losing the you know the the posting you know like we got to keep with it so social battle you know let me let me take it let me do what i need to do with it the biggest thing for me was like the celebration of anglers you know how many anglers did we have in the toc or how many anglers did we have in the bassmaster kayak championship like all that stuff it's like that stuff needs to be promoted you know like their their performances need to be promoted because that's part of being on the pro staff, like I do for you, you do for me, like let's celebrate each other. And, you know, I, I didn't like seeing that lack of celebration. So, well, I mean, I'll volunteer to let Josh, I mean, Josh will post, you know, send you pictures of nudes, <laughs> half nudes. You can repost it on nudes. your story, dude. It'll get you all even, kinds of followers. If you Might not be the right Winnie, kind of followers, but if you need a Winnie the Pooh style shot where him just in a PFD, no bottoms, he'll do it. To nice. promote Torquedo. So just, that's just out there. That's on the table. And I'm, a big even, fan, I'm a big fan of feet pictures. Yeah. So, yeah. As, are we, as are we. Yeah. <laughs> the hairier, the better. The hairier, the better. So let's talk so, about let's talk about Smalley games, dude. Because I, I really, I think, um, for those who don't know, a little, little DB's going through some private family stuff um last year he made a very good video uh to introduce smally games and to talk about the rules uh obviously josh is not Derek burton because that video that you made was a piece of shit it sucked (laughs) no offense And, and i mean no offense okay so with all due respect no offense uh, your video was a piece of shit so tell us the rules yeah well we we've never done a like official smally game sort of episode and that's one one reason i wanted jake to come on because you know he he played last year and beat the game um 
I'll explain the rules a little bit just from a foundational level. So Smalley Games is a is a season long board game for smallmouth fishermen. You essentially sign up by going and purchasing a um, game board on our website, which you guys can use the code that I have plugged in a couple podcasts. It's largemouth suck. Um, <laughs> off. Uh, but essentially the idea is like you take, uh, you, ha- you take the, the starter kit. It's a, comes with a poster and a, a few other little goodies, but you hang the poster up, you know, wherever. And, the whole idea of it is to um, catch fish throughout the season, and as you catch fish, you you take a picture of those fish, turn it into our website, and you you order game pieces that correspond with those fish. So we have ones that are size oriented. We have ones that are uh, you know bait oriented, like what bait you're catching the fish on. But we send you the game pieces in the mail. You take the game pieces, you put them on your game board, and you're basically trying to make a path on the game board, sort of like a shoots and ladders or candy land or something. You're trying to create a path from the very first spot all the way to the end. And there's different multiple paths you can take. Um, you can do, um, you know, in general, if you take a longer path, you can, you don't have to catch the size of fish, but if you take the shorter path, your, your size class of fish increases. So, um, it gets really deep in the weeds as far as the rules go. And Jake probably will have some comments on some stuff. Um, but yeah, we did a little bit different this year. Last year, it was a really, a much simpler concept this year. We went a little bit more of a, uh, strategic concept. So, but in general, it's really just like four guys that go out and fish. They aren't necessarily like hardcore tournament fishermen or maybe, you know, Jake's, you know, played it and he's a pretty big tournament guy. Um, but you know, it's a way for you to kind of uh, record your catches throughout the season, give yourself a goal to work towards. And this year I can tell you for a lot of guys, it's going to be extremely hard to beat. Like yeah. it's not going to be easy. Uh, and then you guys have like guys like the Randy long that we were talking about that, you know, he, he'll probably beat it fairly easily, but he like Jake was saying, he's a freaking hammer dude. So you gotta I mean, be either really good or you got to spend a lot of time in the water. You know, we have a we have a huge advantage living where we live, right? The Susquehanna River's just stupid. Um, you know, guys that live on the St. Lawrence or guys that live live on the New, like there's a significant advantage with that. Um, but you still got to go catch them. And and I and you know, I love what you did with making it harder this year. I love the fact that you made it where you don't just get to buy the game pieces and stick them on there. Um, I love that there's some strategy to it this year. You know, like that was it. That's an interesting aspect for me. It's like, okay, so now if I catch a 21 or a 20, like where do I want to put that game piece? You know what I'm saying? Like I, I have to kind of decide like, all right, where am I going to put that? Like where do I suspect that I'm going to be come June or July if I have not completed it yet? Where am I going to be at? Where do I need to – which path do I want to take? Um, so there's there's a lot of strategy to it this year, um, you know. I, I love I love the aspect where you make it where people have to catch fish on you know, and I'm sure you'll touch on it with the smally snacks, but like the the different types of lures, you know, um, that's an interesting aspect because now you're not only are you 
making it a game about celebrating smallmouth bass, but you're challenging the angler to become better and more proficient all across the board. Um, there's a lot of aspects of what you did this year that I like, I like a lot. Um, you know, the, the, I'm really excited personally for the rodent category. I I'm, I'm going to get a big rat and I'm going to throw it all, you know, all after the pre-spawn, it's going to be rat time. So, yeah, but that's yeah, exactly I'm, what I was thinking, man. I was like, that's the one category I was like, I pro I've thrown a rat before, but it's just very sparingly. Um, and you know, I, I think that is something that I was like excited about this year. It's going to like push guys to throw things they wouldn't normally throw. Um, right. And it's, yeah, it's fun, dude. It's just like a, you know, a, a get you out of your comfort zone a little bit, you know, maybe fall in love with something that you like, didn't know you liked. Um, the bug categories is the one that I feel like guys are going to have a big problem with. They're going to be like, what the hell dude? Whereas Chris is going to be like, he can catch. Oh, that's the, afternoon. I was going to say, that's like the easiest one in my mind. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean the frog, the frog one should be pretty, pretty simple too, I think, but yeah, the, the rodent one's tough. The, the bug one I think will be easy here, here on the Susquehanna because when we, when we get the dragonflies, um, oh my gosh, when the dragonflies start coming out, it is freaking stupid here. That's, still, what, that's how uh, Nolan won that BOS, dude. Freaking yeah. dragonfly bite. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you, so, you know where the Clark's Ferry Bridge is at in Duncannon? Goes across the Susquehanna, across the main stem. Is that it's down the, further towards the city, towards Harrisburg? No, it's it's so the 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 Clark's Ferry Bridge is like if you're coming from Harrisburg and then you go across the river near Duncannon and then there's a Sheets and truck stops. Yeah, it's that bridge. Yeah. It, so, that's somewhat close to the the Statue of Liberty, isn't it? It's just upriver a little bit, maybe yeah. six miles yeah. upriver. Um, okay. But so I was I was um, I was doing some scouting, right? And I a lot of times the week of the tournament especially if it's a local thing, I don't touch the body of water because I, I just wanted to see where the fish were positioning. So I, you know, I went across a lot of bridges. Um, this year I'll be flying a drone in the same similar situations, but, um, but I went across the bridge there and I just picked up a couple pebbles from the sidewalk area and just dropped them down over to see, you know, how, what they were, what they were going to do whenever something hit the water. And I watched from on the bridge sidewalk, I watched smallmouth come over to that water break, like whenever that pebble hit the water, and just search for whatever was there. And I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Super low and clear. Like I watched I watched them, and it was consistent the whole way across the bridge, just watching what they did. Like they were looking for it. It's not like they scattered when it happened. They wanted whatever landed on that surface. They wanted it. They wanted to eat it. It was insanity. And I knew up in those upper stretches in that real shallow water up there that there was going to be a significant topwater bite um, just based on that, just seeing the way that they were reacting. Like they were, they were full into it. They were no hesitation. Yeah. I, you had seen them all day. Like you just see them sip stuff. And I like, dude, my dumb ass like didn't connect those dots like i needed to and in my defense like 
as a conventional guy, when you see that, you're like, okay, what can I throw that mimics that? There's not a lot of stuff in your tackle box. You're like, oh yeah, let me throw something that mimics a dragonfly. And so I was throwing like little, small little topwaters and stuff. They didn't want that. They wanted that that gizmo he was throwing. It was just like a do nothing float on top. Like it was like a fly. I mean, it really is like a fly. And that's just he. You he got some. You have to have some really light tackle to throw that though, too, to be effective with throwing it. Oh yeah, um, for sure. Because that thing does not have a lot of weight to it. Um, yeah. You know, for me. Like for that tournament though, even though that I knew that that top water bite was gonna be gonna be phenomenal in the upper stretches, I didn't want to do that because it man you can you can lose so many fish on lures that small or that top water oh, yeah. bite me in a tournament. That top water bite's just not something that I want to to chance. Um, mm-hmm. So I I opted for I mean, dude, I think out of the ten fish that I submitted, nine of them were caught on a spinner bait that was just being blazed across the top of the water column. And yeah. it, it's, I, I feel so you much did, more home. We did that. pretty well, right? In that tournament, didn't you get third or second? Or? I took third place. Um, and <laughs> that was, uh, that was after putting a gash gash in my boat on day two at around noon. Um, my day was over at day on day two at noon. Uh, yeah. At noon o'clock at, at 12 o'clock. Um, I put a giant gash in the bottom side of my eye track and I literally fo- floated down river looking like a taco. <laughs> nice. That's a good yeah. vibe. That's a vibe right there. Just what did you, what did you hit? Did you, did you hit something metal? A rock. A rock. Oh, really? Yeah. Nice. Uh, that's crazy. I mean, I've yeah. hit a lot of rocks in mine. I haven't ever tore. I've I've gotten a lot of like leaks, but nothing like that. That was. Wild. I just ran it. I just ran it up on a rock, and, and you know where I was fishing at. Like the current was was strong, and there was a lot of you know mixed currents going every which direction. Um, and I I just ran it up onto a rock, thinking like, okay, I'm gonna fish this one spot, this current seam. I'm gonna fish it, and I ran it up on there and. And then after I pulled off of it, I caught a fish doing it. I pulled off of it, and I'm floating down, and I'm like hearing, <laughs> I'm like, what in the world? So I'm looking all around, thinking that maybe I got like a fish fin. I'm looking on the deck, you know, I don't see any bubbles, and I'm like, what the hell? But then I noticed, like, okay, now I'm, I'm certainly losing air because I'm sinking. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, then I got got out got out of the boat and looked and i'm like oh that's problematic i'm like that's more i I don't have enough terry type b for that <laughs> that's what i was wondering yeah. did you have the terry patches on you i did but i did not have nearly like it was it was a significant it was probably like an eight inch long gash yeah that's big why don't that's they because like i've heard uh, like you're not the first person that i've heard the leak thing from um it, it's like a recreational vessel right it's not really like a fishing vessel i don't want to like i don't want to talk bad i'm not sponsored by hobie but i don't want to talk bad about them but here's what they did with compared to the i11s and the itrek 11 that they brought out this year they decreased the thickness of the material of the pvc that they used all across the board the reason they did that is that they turned a boat from a 65 pound boat into a 30 pound boat 
thinking that it was going to appeal to more anglers being lighter weight. Um, in doing so, they made the boat. Now it's much, much more of a recreational boat rather than it is a fishing boat because, okay. and they did it in the interest of weight. And I, I mean, I guess it's, I guess it's maybe faster. I, I don't think it's faster. I don't think, I don't think it's any faster than the I 11 S was, but um, you know, it, it's, it's certainly still a great platform. It just needs to have thicker material in in this the points where it's going to be stressed out. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, yeah, yeah. I, I put sure. some of those fish fin hole marks in the deck that went straight through the P, the the EVA foam pad deck and directly into the the PVC material of the kayak. Um, you know, it's just. Yeah, I have. They're everywhere. Like I don't even think I can sell my iTrek Eleven right now um, because there's so many freaking hole repairs in it. But that's crazy. Uh, I mean, I get it. It's a. It's also like not just fishermen, right? They're thinking about like little kids and families and you know people that just want to carry their kayak in a backpack and take it to wherever. I mean, I get. I completely get it. But it does seem like it seems like the perfect thing. Like. It does. It's like one little tweak away from being like almost a, a perfect fishing kayak. And you you could argue that same point for the um, what was the other the Lynx, the Hobie Lynx that they came out with. That boat is designed to be a fishing boat. The problem mm-hmm. that I couldn't go buy that boat was the material that it's made out of. It's not rotomolded plastic. It's that thermoform plastic. And thermoform plastic around rocks is not a good mix. That it cracks like you can you can actually crack it. Um, I borrowed the Lynx the first year that it came out in 20, 2021. Um, I took a dealer's Lynx out and fished the Hobie BOS tournament three days. Three days. It was a brand new boat. I had it out there for three days, and I returned it to him. And he's like, "Dude, what did you do to my boat?" I'm like, uh-huh. "I used." It. He's like. Yeah, he's like, that's. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, I can't buy one of these. He's like, I wish that you would never have taken mine. And I'm like, yeah, well, that's crazy, dude. Well, okay. I mean, I, you know, but it's probably made for like lake guys, guys that are out not banging it off of shit. Inshore guys, lake guys, guys that aren't going to be running their stuff up on rocks. Like that's the, you know, that's the idea. That's the market. But both of those boats would be great for a river fisherman if they were made with a river fisherman in mind. Right. Just hard. Yeah, and I haven't had bit. catastrophic failure in mind. Like you have, I'm still, I'm still going to run it this season. Um, I sort of have plans to put eventually like another layer. I'm just going to glue another layer of PVC on there. Um, That's, which is hard. Would... Yeah. It's hard to find that stuff like in bulk though. Like I've looked, I was actually going to ask AJ if he could like send me some. But... Call Trey Leach. At Innovative Sportsman, yeah, because he's he the one who he's the one who fixed mine and put a, a a double layer of material down there on mine. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I might I might do that. Um, so I did want to talk a little bit, Chris, about our upcoming trip. Jake, you'll you'll like this. Um, oh boy, you'll like this, this topic. Um, so each year, uh, Chris and I we've been talking about doing this for a while. But, uh, so, you know, the whole quest for 23 thing, right? Mm -hmm. Um, so Chris and I have talked about like, Hey, let's, 
me and him do a trip once a year um, where, like, our only goal is to try to go find a 23-inch smallmouth. Like, obviously, that's a really difficult thing to do, but if you could tee up the time of year, the location, the type of fishing you're doing, and all put that into one trip, like, we want to take, like, a Quest for 23 trip every year. And this year, um, we... It's it's a top secret location. Dude, like so covert. We, it's we were saying it's like almost black ops. Like mm-hmm. we Can I state? like what state is it in? Oh, uh, we can't, can't even, even say, say it, dude. dude. Oh my so god, we can't even narrow can, it. Here's down. here's what we can say. Uh, well, we don't really exactly know where we're going because it's kind of weather dependent, <laughs> I guess. But right. I'll just say that it's Ozarks. Yeah. Say it's Ozarks, which is not a place you would think. No, Jeff. Jeff Little told me that I know about. I I think I have an idea. Be quiet, dude. Be quiet. Uh, What did Jeff? What did Jeff say? Yeah, worth it or nah? Well, so Jeff Jeff has always told me that there's some small streams in the Ozarks that have some giant smallmouth in them that connect some of those lakes down there, and yeah. He said that it's a, it's a bucket list trip type of thing. Yeah. Well, we're we're sworn to secrecy. We're going to. I mean, here's gonna... what I'll say. The new river is obviously like the place that you would. If, we, if that was really the goal, like the new river is the no brainer like choice or, or it's tributaries. But it's also kind of cool that this spot's a little like off the beaten path and <laughs> nobody really knows about it. So, yeah, and the yeah the other thing is like I was telling Chris about this is that you know one thing I've learned over the years uh, as far as going to places that produce big fish at a at a high clip is pressure matters, and if Mm -hmm. you're on a river that is just hammered by fishermen, and the Susquehanna is a really good example of that. Chris has never been there, which he's gonna yeah. go we're gonna go at some point yeah that place I'd love is, to that place is wild dude i was just thinking the other day about you know the the i don't know what you guys call it. it's like a almost like a fall area around it's just downstream of mahantango i don't know what it's like a rock garden or i don't know what you call it. you're talking you're talking about the um oh god it's a, it's it's the it's not the dolphin narrows it's the susquehanna water gaps yeah, whatever. You guys have freaking names for everything. But that like that river or that part of that river, it doesn't even look real. Like you're like I can't even believe this exists. They're like, Chris, it's unbelievable, dude. It's like these series like the the river falls like really like it's almost like you can see it like downhill. You can like look and see yeah. the chain, but it, it goes downhill in these like ledge systems. And you like drop down to a ledge and it flattens out. Then that drops down to another ledge and flattens out. It's like these like stair steps, and there's yeah. these exposed hmm. rocks everywhere, dude. It is the craziest looking shit. Anyways, that's a rabbit trail. My point is, as cool as the Susquehanna oh. is, like it just get rabbit. It's rabbit it, hole. Yeah, but see, the great, the great thing about those kinds of places, though, is that if you can get into those kinds of places, like say you say you take a kayak and you plan a float trip and you get into that that spot. You can literally sit there and fish all day for fish that aren't pressure. 
Yeah, Our, and you're right. Susquehanna is a it's different, but my point is like everybody knows about it. So right. like like dude, you catch those fish, you know it. All yeah. those fish, dude, the big ones they're mangled. They you can tell like they've been caught multiple times. It's it, I, I've never seen anything like it in my life. Like those fish are the nastiest, meanest smallmouth I have ever seen. It's crazy. Like I, there's, but when you get them on the boat, they like chill. Like they don't even like they don't flop. Ooh, like, a, dude, I'm you, telling you, man. Compared to get, other places, <laughs> I'm telling you, it's almost like they know when they get caught. They're like, well, I'm gonna try really hard to get off, but once I get on the boat, like I know the dude's gonna throw me back. Like that's like I almost feel like. <laughs> So they it's know been, that it's been all so the Susquehanna has been like I think it's been one hundred percent catch and release between uh, Sunbury and basically the Conowingo. It's been catch and release for like the past decade or more. Um, so those fish, yeah, they get caught, but they never get they never get caught and cut open. Um, yeah. yeah. So I mean, that's crazy, man. You guys are way ahead of the game. But well, they kill they kill all their fish with pollution though they know yeah. they still know what they're doing. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, still, we're, we're still getting rid of them on a regular basis between pollution and flathead catfish. Which <clears throat> don't even get me started on flathead catfish. You love them. You love them. I hate them. <laughs> There's so many of them in that river. Let me it's... hear, Jake. I want to hear your best Easy. Philly accent if you can. I don't have one. I'm from oh, Pittsburgh. Really? No, I'm from Pittsburgh, but I did work in Philadelphia for about a year and a half. And the funniest thing that I always hear whenever you go to Philly is everything's a John. You're like, yo, let me let me see that John. Let me get that John. I'm like, what the f- is a John? What is a John? <laughs> a John. And the answer to that is a John is everything. Really? Yes. Uh, that's John, crazy. And I think it's spelled J A W N, but a John is everything. Oh, I like, like it. You're oh, gonna have to start God. using that, dude. That's so dumb. That's the dumbest <laughs> thing. That's dumber than the accent. What? I mean, I, that's crazy. John, I t- oh. like what I would love to see Pennsylvania do is take Philadelphia, the right. city limit, and basically just sell it to New Jersey. Right. Like, yeah. Yo, you that's can wild. Have it. I mean that that's that's so dumb. I, I it, hate that. Hey, Everything in Philly is dumb. That's really <laughs> even their cheese, it. even their cheese steaks. I hate them. I'm just I, I actually. So most places in Philly, like their, their cheese steaks, aren't even. It's it's not even authentic. It's all copycat shit now. There's only a couple, you know, shops down there. Like, and it's the ones that aren't advertised that have like the real, like, damn. Like, I literally just got probably. I don't know, high blood pressure, but this was really good. <laughs> Where do you live now then? Are you in Harrison, Harrisburg? So, yeah. So I, I live in Hershey, which is about five miles away from Harrisburg. Um, you know, we're famous for chocolate. Uh, so, dude, this is going to sound really weird. My daughter is like, my daughter is like begging me to take her to Hershey, Pennsylvania for like a, like a father daughter, like trip. Hey, guess what? I'm guess like, what's there? Yeah, I know. I, just, I didn't even think about that, dude. I wasn't even scheming, but now I'm thinking that that might be a very viable family vacation option. Tell your wife, like, I want to, I want to take you, I want to take everyone to Hershey. You guys can go to the Hershey Park. I'll go with you. It's a great time. 
freaking, you know, you go see Hershey Chocolate World, go to the Hershey Spa. All I ask for is two days on the river with Jake. And I can, I can maybe even, I can't promise this, but my kid works at Hershey Park. I might be able to get you some free tickets. Oh, damn. <laughs> this is sounded better and better. <laughs> we'll get you that's, that's sick, dude. So, dude, you, so, actually... is, so you're like, right. You live like within like 10 minutes of where you like to fish. Well, yeah. If, you know, and that's why people are like, dude, you always fish down the city island in Harrisburg. I'm like, it's 15 minutes away. Yeah. Like, I bypass city island boat ramp to drive an hour north to go catch the same size fish that you guys are catching up there. The only difference is you have rocks and trees in your background and I have buildings. Right. That's pretty awesome though. I mean, that's like, that's one of those things that like super underrated, like how much time you get to spend fishing, especially as family men. I mean, if you got like a wife and kids and stuff, it's like for us, like Josh and I to drive to like our prime, like, grade 1a spots here in indiana it's like an hour hour and 10 minutes right you know, at least which means you know you're you're tacking on like okay well, it's going to take me an hour to get there i could fish for this long and then i got an hour drive home not worth it for me, so the way i look at it is morning to like summertime right summertime you know I, i'm not fishing past noon you will not catch me on the water past noon in the summertime because it sucks it's hot mm-hmm. It's, I mean, yeah, you can still catch fish, but it's, it's just, it's just not as much fun, right? So me, I'm waking up at, if I'm going north, if I'm going way up north to fish the upper sections, I'm waking up at three o'clock in the morning because I want to be out there at daylight. I want to be out there whenever that, when they first, like that sun comes up and everything's going crazy on the water. That's when I want to be up there. So I could wake up at three or I could wake up at five. And still experience the same thing, just in two different places. Yeah, it's the same river. Yeah. I mean, it's the right. same. But, I mean, yeah, yeah I've it's never cr- fished it's cr- it down there, man. It, I, I, it, it's a. Uh, is the the bottom structure pretty much the same down there? Um. Y- yeah. So there's more silt. There's more silt bottom in the Harrisburg area, just because it's pulled. Um. You know, pulls up there, but there's the rock structures are still the same. You, you you know, it's a little bit deeper because they do have the low head dam down there, so the water you know banks up on it. But you know, the the rocks are if they didn't have the low head dam there, it would be the same thing as the upper sections. It would be the same exact thing as the upper sections because even underneath of that, you know, when you when you look down, like you see the ledges below, you see the rock structures, you see the big boulders and. Um, I think, honestly, I don't know if this is true, but I think they actually went through and maybe blew up some of those boulders with, with dynamite or some shit a long time ago. Because when when you get down around the areas where people run their jet skis and shit like that, um, you, there's not many boulders. Like, there's there's big chunk rock, but there's not many boulders. So I think they actually blew them up. Like, I think they, <laughs> I think they did that on purpose. But... How, much, how much further do you have, like, free-flowing water? like below like downstream of of where you like to fish yeah five minutes like it's i mean literally so so you have harrisburg and then you have the harrisburg international airport area yeah that area right there around the airport is very similar to the upper sections of the river um 
And then you get down to where the Goldsboro Dam is at. And Goldsboro actually has giant, large, like, I, mean, I know I shouldn't say this word on this podcast, but they have giant, largemouth in Goldsboro. Gotcha. Because those okay. fish eat the same forage as the smallmouth. Um, I caught, two years ago, I caught a seven-pound largemouth out of Goldsboro in the river. Holy crap, that's a huge largemouth. Jeez. So. Um, yeah. <laughs> That's that's cool, man. It's a, it's a crazy place. It's 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 one of the, it's probably the most unique place just because of the sheer size and how shallow it is. That's like really what makes that river unique yeah. is like how wide it is and how shallow it is, and obviously the the bottom structure is weird too. Dude, those ledge systems. I mean. It's just we don't have any of that where we're at here. Like we don't have a have river the... that's even close. I mean, no. like like we have like a, a river that's like one side channel of like one tributary. You know what I mean? We don't have anything that's even remotely close to that size. It's most, crazy. most of your rivers, you know, you have your banks and then you have like a deep channel that cuts out in the middle and then it just flows. That is not how the Susquehanna is. The Susquehanna is broken up so, so many different ways. You know, in like Liverpool, so right there where the river turns, you know, you have all your ledges that are going across river, up river from it, and then down river from it, they're going across river. But right there in Liverpool where the river makes a big bend, you get real long trenches of rocks. Like Liverpool has rock trenches for, you know, a couple miles long. They're the same way as the ledges in the rest of the river because of the way that it bends right there in the mountain channel and everything, the way it all works out. Like Liverpool is a super cool place because it's something completely different than the rest of the river. Cause it made a big bend and you know, you now it's now they're no longer going across river. They're going along the river. So it's a really neat place. Like the river here is, is special. It's a special place. Yeah. It's cool. You but, Chris needs to go for sure. Yeah. I, definitely that's do. I mean, Hershey in, sounds freaking awesome dude i can't wait to <laughs> i would love to go see willy wonka's chocolate factory <laughs> you, listen you got to bring that fly rod behind you in that picture and i'll take you to a couple spots where you can walk across the entire river and just fly fish hell yeah i'm down for sure let's do cool. it well the the trip we got coming up i'll, get, I'll bring john gonna... i'll bring john fly rod we'll go freaking tear it up dude Oh my God. I'll bring John. I'll bring John's John, fly rod, dude. <laughs> Listen, from now on, every time someone posts something, you go like, "Where'd you catch that, John? Where'd you catch that? <laughs> Where'd you catch John? Where'd you catch John Smallmouth? I don't know. J- how to use Jimmy's it. and John's, dude. Jimmy's and John's. <laughs> Jimmy's and John. J A W N John. He's been John. John. We need we need to get a hat made, Smalley Jones. Smalley Jones. <laughs> I love that. Dude. Um, yeah, I'm I'm stoked about the trip. Black Ops, it's sick as hell. I mean, we're gonna we're gonna know. vlog it. We're gonna put it all in our story. We're gonna try to get see if people can guess where we're at. I think um, we're gonna talk so about we, it like like the guy that we had on the last podcast, last episode. We're gonna talk about it like cartel witnesses, just like <laughs> completely back, you know, black background. It's gonna be so awesome, um, dude. I, I did want to mention too before we jump off here because I got to jump off here in like five minutes. So I wanted to mention all the all the boys that came out for the small oh, yeah. um, Games get together. Um, we had a little get together in Broad Ripple. 
some guys drove in from out of state. Some guys were from local, you know, so a bunch of local guys came out. Josh, dude, you got destroyed in arm wrestling, which was <laughs> hilarious. Chris, first of all, Chris has a, Chris has a, no, hang on. Chris has a, a bad habit of, he likes, he's a pot stirrer. He likes to like create little, little rivalries between people and they always involve me somehow. Oh, and don't, don't, what an he, ego he, on this he, guy. He like, he like, he like lights the match and he puts a little yeah. tinder around it and he just walks away and watches it all Dude. burn. And I might he did like that the with match. me and my brother one time and damn near cause a family feud. Like, <laughs> Uh, okay hold on hold on you know exactly what you did dude i might light the match but you're made of pure gasoline bro i don't have to i don't even have to get close can you guys guys please hold that thought for just one second i'm gonna piss myself yeah go ahead go ahead i'm right back you know exactly what you did dude you know exactly what you did you know exactly what you did you started no, it. it and it goes back to do you remember the Colts game at my brother's house? Yes, do you remember that? I do remember. Yeah. Yes. You know, a man only, you know, he's only so dumb for so long before he sees <laughs> through the veil of Chris Vaughn's <laughs> pot stirring, dude. You 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 love it. You get off on it and I you like walk away and you're just like, "Oh my god." This Correct is, the record. It, Karma's a bitch, dude. Slightly. I'm gonna catch you. I'm gonna catch you when you're not expecting it. I'm gonna <laughs> wait until you and your dad are around. That'd be the easy target, dude. I can uh, get your dad. I'm gonna get your dad going and tell him how you like really like have shifted over to liberal political views recently, and that I really think you're onto something. And I'm I'm gonna get I'm gonna get a father son feud going, dude. A Vaughn, Vaughn father son. Just can, just contemplate how the last time that went. Because to correct <laughs> the record, okay, this is what happened. This, <laughs> factually, this is what happened. Okay, Jeremiah and I finished a float on the Upper Mississippi, well behind everybody else. Okay, and we're rowing. We get back to the ramp, and I see Danny and Josh standing at the ramp, smiling ear to ear, and I could tell that they've got some scheme hatched nefarious and and they were looking so so fucking obvious i mean it was so clear that they had a little scheme going so they start trying to get me and my brother to argue okay so they go jeremiah who do you think uh who do you think is smarter amongst you and your brother and then (laughs) jeremiah's like probably chris and i go "Uh, you know whatever and then and then uh he goes Josh goes, well, who do you think the better athlete is? And I go, probably Jeremiah. <laughs> and then it just completely didn't work, okay? They did not no, get it's because fight. it is because it was poor execution. It was poor a retali- retaliatory action that was not well thought out. And it was not well the thought next out. One, no. The next one will be well thought out. But anyways, getting back to it, Chris. But, but let, me just, let me just finish the story because I said, listen – Listen, go ahead. Go ahead. If you guys don't just cut it out, because I'm gonna have you two fist fighting by the end of the night. Okay. <laughs> we get back to the cabin, and we're sitting at the dinner table, and I look over at Andrew, 
and I just I just do this. Mm-hmm. And then I immediately I just barely lit the match and it blew up. So just keep in mind what you, what you're doing. Keep in mind. Don't start with no. Me, right? I know it. I know what he's doing though. I'm on to your game, Chris. But anyways, Chris knows, and this is t- to his credit. I'm very competitive. I'm very just like I won't like I'm not I don't think I can like win every challenge, but I don't back down. Like if somebody's like, oh Shrinko, you know, come do this, I'm like, fuck yeah, let's go do it. Like I don't give a shit. That's true. And there's this mountain of a man who <laughs> is a power lifter. Right before this, he told me he benched. He's like, like twenty five hundred and <laughs> No, he's, he's like, like 20, almost 500 pounds. He's like, oh, yeah, I bench almost 500 pounds. Yeah, but he's and 25 like, years old, too. He's like young yeah. and in shape and strong. Yeah. yeah. yeah and he's like, oh, yeah, Shrinko, why don't you arm wrestle him? And I was like, okay, <laughs> arm wrestle him. Josh, no, arm wrestle him. Josh is in a conversation with somebody else, and I go, you should try and arm wrestle Shrinko later. Josh just turns around and goes, I'll fucking arm wrestle him right now. <laughs> Again, all I had to do was light the match, and it immediately blew yeah. up. I've never, I've never lost a match. That was the first match I've ever lost arm wrestling. So I've kind of had this false sense of superiority with it, and I was like, right. "I'm going to take this motherfucker down, dude." And In I like of all my friends, I, everyone's yeah. going to be like, "Josh." Gosh, gosh. Oh, and I, I went oppo because I'm left-handed. So I usually will arm wrestle people with my right hand because I'm like, they're right-handed, you know, kind of do whatever. And I usually destroy people. And dude, I got up there and I like locked arms with them. And, you know, everybody's like, I, you know, my heart was beating kind of fast. I was getting kind of nervous. Mind uh, you, somebody we're, like, we're in a crowded restaurant. There's families around. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, it was super crowded. at all. And dude, uh, they they like you know said go or whatever. And dude, I remember I laid into that dude, and I was like, "Fuck!" <laughs> I was like, "I did." I he's not budging, <laughs> and I just I looked at his face, and I was like, "He's not even straining." <laughs> and I I sat there and I gave it I gave it my old dude. I could not move him with my right hand, and then uh, he he was like kind of like all right are you done <laughs> and i was like yeah and then he just gently put me down <laughs> i'm like all right <laughs> so you're not giving now, yourself it, enough credit you're not giving yourself not enough to, credit there it his, wasn't that bad. now i did the left hand i gave him a little trouble but we still yeah. i i didn't didn't win but yeah i did got destroyed i got humbled chris you got your way i got you threw me in the get fire my way at all. Well, you get, no, you, you, the kid did you, also arm wrestle though. He was like, "Oh, I've arm wrestled in matches and stuff like that." So, dude, Tyler, yeah. you should have challenged him to a slap boxing fight. Mm. Have you seen the slap those slap fights where like no, they stay- I'm not doing that. I'm too old, dude. I'm not slap boxing shit. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll bring that. that like a, I'll bring that up yeah. in the next outing. I'll bring that up in the next outing and just see how it goes. <laughs> get slapped in the face open hand and they just go night night and it's like that's uh, you know on tiktok and that's watch that's nuts yeah. man well, well chris i know you gotta get off here but uh yeah we leave on that trip uh next friday so a week I'm from stuck, tomorrow dude. we're gonna freaking tear it up um tie this in with the small games thing if you catch a 23 in small games which to this point we have not had one 23 we've had two 22s 
a bunch of 21s and 20s, but no 23s. You can skip almost half the board. Um, the other thing is um, oh, wow. we are next week. I'm going to launch a state leaderboard. It's going to be hung up in our office. And what we're going to do is we're going to keep track of all the submissions of 20 inch fish. So only 20s count. And we're going to see it's a state V state V state uh, competition. So anything over 20 goes on the leaderboard and cool. you know if you sign, yeah, if we sign up a new state, we'll we'll add you onto the board. But um, I have a feeling PA is going to be quite the handful when it comes to that. Um, the, I was talking with the uh, Virginia West Virginia boys today on the phone, and they were talking some mad shit. And uh, <laughs> I know them Ohio the Ohio boys they 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 put a hurting on the the small games last year and then yeah. uh you know indiana i we probably have more indiana anglers in it than anywhere just because we're based out of here so it's gonna be a fun little yeah man be fun little competition. That's, a, that's a fun little component to add Here, in here's my prediction of that right and in in pennsylvania eh, we we struggle with 20 inch fish um now th- there's plenty of them out there but there's not as many anglers participating. I've been trying to share it, you know, to the guys fishing the river, but there's not a lot of us yet, right? So what we have a lot of here in the Susquehanna, especially, is a lot of 18 to 19-inch fish. I caught a lot of fish last year that were like line burners on that 18, 19 range, a lot of fish that were almost 20. Um, But I also started in June last year. I didn't start at the beginning of the season last year. I did I caught a few fish early in the season that were 20 plus, but I didn't even know that I could submit those. I didn't even know I was going to play. You know what I mean? But even up at Erie, it's the same way. The fish get broad shoulders and wide and tall, but then Virginia and West Virginia boys, they got them long, skinny river yeah, rock, Tennessee, man. Tennessee is another, another place. Yeah. Or a lot of, Tennessee is a big one too. Yeah. But yeah, we'll, I, we'll see, man. I would guess and say West Virginia is probably going to have the 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 biggest number of twenty inch fish caught. The other the other wild card is if anybody in Minnesota and Wisconsin play, God help us all. If they get if they get if they get a half dozen anglers up there, they could wreck our <laughs> shit everywhere else. So it's we'll true. see what happens, dude. I mean. We'll see. I, you know, it's one of those things that it's a cool component because we're going to keep track of it and yeah. you know, just create a little rivalry. And uh, yeah, I'm excited for fun. it, man. I'm I'm really hoping that Chris and I get. We both have 20s. Chris has a 21 as his bonus fish. I have a 20 that we can turn in from before the game. Yep. So uh, we got a couple on the Indiana board. So watch out. Hopefully, boys. adding a few more within the week before yeah, Chris we got, goes. Before Chris goes, can I talk about one thing? And yeah, we yeah, talked yeah. a little bit about it in the, in the in the Bronze Master chat, but I love what this what this game is doing for the the conservation aspect, the catch and release, the promotion of catching big trophy fish and putting them back, putting them back for somebody else to catch. I love it. 
That's the whole reason why whenever I learned about it and I was like, yeah, I got to, I got to participate. There's nothing in this for me except for spending money on stickers. Like I don't, I, you know, yeah, maybe I get a t-shirt at the end of the year, which is great. And I appreciate it, but I just want to support the promotion of the, because it's, it's not a renewable resource. It takes a small mouth in the Susquehanna year. It takes a small mouth 15 years to get to 20 inches. In other places, it takes them twenty, even maybe even longer. So, yeah, God, I just—it's not something it's that like huge. you take it. You know, if someone takes a twenty-two inch fish out of the river, that fish isn't—it's not renewable. You know, like it's not just going to happen. Like, oh, there's another one to take its place next yeah. year. Um, yeah, and I, I think nuts. I think the ed, the education for that, like we always do the whole free the fighter thing at the end of our podcast, and you know that's always been our kind of theme is like catch and release i will i think a lot of that has it, it culturally over the last probably 15 20 years is like it has people kind of get the message like you do need to put them back but i do think there's still a decent amount of uh oh hey we can if i catch a fish of a lifetime i'm gonna get a skin mount of it and like mm. dude i saw a guy i'm not gonna name any names or anything but i saw a guy catch the same pb three years in a row and it was a over a 22 inch fish like the idea that like oh i caught a 22 it's gonna die like not necessarily they Mm -hmm. could become every 22 inch or every 23 inch fish has become a 22 inch fish at some point so like if you're if you're taking it out of the water you're a piece of shit so (laughs) you know just put it back dude and if if you're playing small games you have to catch and release that's part of the deal artificial only Catch and release. You got my my personal best large mouth. Well, my personal best small mouth is not impressive. It's only twenty one inches. Um, but my personal That's best. Large mouth, yeah, I know. I'm I'm a you know just I'm a little joking, dude. just a little boobs. <laughs> um, so I caught. But here's here I got a I got a great story that is a promotion of that. I caught in Pennsylvania. I caught an eight pound eight ounce large mouth bass in twenty nineteen in the spring of 2019, I put that fish back. I had taken really good photos, got really good measurements. And I got to I got to go. Hey, stay yeah. on though. For real. I, I would love to stay, but I, I have a, an yeah. engagement. No, I sorry. Kind of engagement, no, you're yeah. good. No, you're good. <laughs> See you, Chris. Ah. All right, you go ahead. All right. So I caught this, I caught my personal best largemouth in Pennsylvania was eight pounds, eight ounces. And I got took really good photos of it, got really good measurements, um, put it back. And later that fall, I was fishing with a guy on the same body of water, and he caught that fish, and it was nine pounds, five ounces. Dang, same dude. exact fish. That's same awesome. exact fish, dude. And we like we literally looked at because we compared the pictures afterwards. The scale patterns were exactly the same. This fish had its top back fin had, it was really awkward. It was really weird, like really small compared to the body of it. And it, ha- it only had like four spikes on it. And then it, it just like the, the tail was cut a weird way that was identical. Um, dude, we looked at it and we're like, that is 100% the same fish. When I caught it was 22 awesome. and three quarter inches. When he caught it was 23 like when we looked at that, we're like, "This is why catch and release is so important because that fish yeah, is going to be shit to eat." 
Yeah, so, you'll never get those fish that get to the top, top, top end if you're taking them out, you know, when it hits your personal best, you know, and I don't, it's, it's, I, I guarantee you there's 23 inch fish in the Susquehanna somewhere. Um, it's crazy to think about the fact that I don't, I think, I think I may have seen one 20, like legit 23 come out of the Susquehanna that I know of. Um, so if I had to guess, are we still recording? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Is this going to be broadcasted? I can bleep it out. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think it's going to come out of uh, a couple. If, if, if I, I think, I think they're going to come out of feeder creeks. Okay. Yeah. You don't have to name names. Yeah. Okay. I think that there's a couple creeks in the river that, you know, these big fish go up into spawn and I think when they get up into these creeks, they realize, shit, I ain't getting jet boat pressure up here. I ain't yeah. getting four or five times a year. I have all the food that I need up here. And I'm, I mean, I'm alpha in the main river, but I'm especially alpha here. Yeah, for sure. I, think, I can I think see that. Just, hey, it's the same genetic. Have, too, they man. have the habitat that they need. I think they just stay. And there's yeah. there's a couple there's a couple creeks along this river that run through certain areas that really give them a lot of uh, privacy. Yeah, you know the Jeff, the one yeah, thing. Yeah the the one thing that um, I'll say on kind of feeder creeks in general is especially if they have any sort of dams on them is they can really be protected. Whereas like on the main stem of the Susquehanna, dude, that shit gets blown to smithereens when it gets like flooded. Yeah. It's like, dude, if they can find somewhere where they're just like super protected, where they never have to worry about just like getting absolutely blown out. It's like, that's a pretty valuable thing to, yeah. to have for sure. So I mean, they're, so, and here's the thing with those fish, like they, they get up there and their body structure changes a little bit. You know they're they're they'll be a little bit skinnier, but they're still they have enough to survive and they just keep growing and it you know when you take when you look at the Susquehanna right and you have seven days out of the week there's guides on this river there's you know twenty to fifty guides on this river at any point in time during the, during the week they're all going to the same spots they're all fishing for the same fish I mean. It, it just happens, right? So these fish get caught and get caught and get caught and get caught. And then whenever they go someplace to spawn and they never get bothered, why would they leave? Yeah. I know, dude. Especially if there's enough habitat and forage for them. Like, the Susquehanna is <laughs> a weird river. Uh, I mean, in a good way. Um, but, like, e- even some of our rivers we've been on, dude, I've seen... Uh, I've seen like habitats in some of these feeder creeks are better than the main river. They're like, Oh dude, there's like tons of food here. Like the crawfish are everywhere. It's like cleaner too. Yeah. It's clean. Yeah. You don't deal with the, there's much pollution and that varies. You know, some feeder creeks are the shittiest, you know, you go up there and it's like all mudded in and a bunch of agriculture and stuff. But then there's other ones dude. that are like, man, this is a gym. And, you know, like you said, it doesn't get as much pressure because 
it's harder to access and right. You know, I'll tell you, I'll tell private you property or whatever. You know, I don't. I don't mind sharing this this quick story because I was I was actually trout fishing with a buddy of mine. We were on a a creek called Clark's Creek, which is just above. Well, it's like right around just above Duncannon area area or below Duncannon area where it dumps in. So we we're on Clark's on Clark's Creek, and we were fly fish. We were in the fly fishing only section of Clark's Creek, where where they stock with trout. Right, it's stocked Pennsylvania trout waters, and my dude was not fly fishing because he didn't care. He's an outlaw. He was using a Meps spinner, and he hooked into a twenty-two inch smallmouth bass that oh was just God. grossly fat. Got it all the way to the shoreline, mind you. I'm like we doubled up. I'm hooked up with like a twenty-inch brown trout. He's hooked up with a 22-inch smallmouth on an ultralight fishing rod throwing a little MEP spinner. Oh, my God. And we get these fish in and literally laid them on the measuring board. And I was like, dude, that is a giant smallmouth. He's like, man, man, we catch them up here like this all the time. I said, <laughs> what? He goes, yeah, that's yeah. why. He goes, that's why I wasn't messing around with no fly rod. He's like, <laughs> he's like, you lose your – he's like, that'll break your line. It'll be ridiculous. I'm like, wow. Oh, yeah. Like, wow. Yeah, dude, there's gems like that out there, dude, for sure. That's like, it's, in, but a lot of times people don't talk about those places because, you know, it's so small, they're afraid somebody's going to, you know, come mess up their honey hole. And in, in fairness to those guys, like, you can fuck up a really small stream. You, you can. Know, it's like, yeah. The, you can't you can't mess up the Susquehanna, dude. I mean, we had two hundred freaking kayaks on there, plus all the other traffic. And dude, it didn't even really feel busy. Like Mm-mm. it was. I'm sure to you it felt busy because it's like you're used I, to that. It river. didn't, I, I, dude. I the the spot that I fished, I fished for two days in a row and only seen two other people. And I saw the two other people on day two, and when they saw me, they skedaddled. They're like, oh, he's yeah. he's he's in contention. I'm not gonna go mess him up. And I I was fishing an area that I thought there was gonna be a lot of people at. Yep. Yeah. I that's what happened to me. I ended up fishing up with Nolan. I was like right next to him. Like I was literally like fishing, and he was. I went. I was coming from the upstream section. He was coming from the downstream section. And like I saw, I saw him down there, but I didn't know who it was. And dude, I I lost a freaking giant on a fluke i mean it was one of those fish like looking back on it i was like you know when you catch like a really big fish and you're just like i'm gonna be super careful because i want to get this thing in and i was playing it too much it was on a spinning rod and like it must have wore a hole that hook just you know bored a hole in its in its lip and i just had it on for too long it was a freaking giant right after i lost that then i lost another big fish and then he ended up right next to me. And then I was like yelling back and forth at him. And I was like, Oh shit, man, you're, you're in the lead. I was like, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to leave you alone. So I kind of, like, the big, the big fish of the tournament was caught up there too. Yep. So, yeah. Well this, that place, like, I mean, it doesn't matter now, but it was like where I launched, we went, I went upstream and looped on the other side of some islands. Like I like went in between a couple islands and then went on the other side of the river, which was fucking hard. Like yeah. 
that river's not for the faint of heart to cross. Um, no. <laughs> especially when you're going upstream and in between islands, you know, it's got like, it's like, well, I mean, that it was down, it was obviously low, but like, it's still, it's hard to go upstream and then around and across. But once I got over there, I was like, yep, this is where I should have been fishing yesterday. I mean, it's like immediately knew it. I was like, huh? Yeah. What's funny is that, you know, most of the river in, in a lot of those sections is separated by islands in the middle. There's a lot of separation. And what a lot of people really don't realize, it's like two separate rivers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's Completely. Because one side has a significant clarity difference than the other side. Because the north branches is basically, you know, it's fed by farmland. And the west branch is fed by mountain creeks. So you get the west side. The west side of the river is west side of the river. Did I say that right or did I say river? I'm not sure. The the west side of the river is typically a lot more clear than the east side is. And then whenever you get down to Duncannon and the Juniata feeds it, you basically have below Duncannon, you have three different rivers. You have three different lines. You have the Juniata, which is ultra clear because it's, I mean, the Juniata has so much of that grass in it that it, no matter, even if it gets dirty, like that grass cleans it up immediately. So the Juniata comes out ultra clear. You have clear water in the middle from the West Branch, you know, feeding it. And then you have dirty water on the east side from the North Branch. And that goes the whole way down past Harrisburg. Huh. That's crazy, it is dude. So interesting because you can it's a, literally... Yeah, it's it's a wild like it's a variable that no nobody else really knows. <laughs> I mean, you got to have a big ass river to have like half of it that's muddy and the other half that's clear. You know. Well, I'll, I'll tell you. So the the one of the last two trips or the first two trips this year that I've been out on, I went with a buddy on his jet boat. We launched at the West Fairview boat ramp and we went up to like the Marysville ledge system. Right. And on the East side of the river was 38 degrees on the West side of the river was 42. Hmm. Yeah. Different sides of the river. Four degrees. I can't even, I can't even imagine some of that shit in my jet boat. That's like, I went through it in my kayak and I was like, dude, I would like shit my pants trying to go through that. I'd be like, oh my God, which it was down. I've been there twice. Once when it was up, or at least up for that time of year. And then once when it was down, the biggest thing I noticed, dude, when it's up, those grass islands play a big part in like where the fish are at. And when it's down, dude, I went there expecting, I was like, oh, the last time I was here, dude, it was like, Grass Islands controlled a lot of that bite. They were all out of the water, dude. Right. Like all that grass, like there wasn't even any of it in the, it was, it was like dry. So I was like, so well, throws that it, out the window. It's funny, dude, because like, that's one of the great things about having a YouTube channel and, you know, people are like, oh, well, you know, I always see you fishing Grass Islands or I always see you fishing this. And I went there and I didn't catch nothing. It's like, I don't think that's great, but it's like, you have to yeah. pay attention. Like, yeah. If the grass, uh, if the grass stems are out of the water, yeah, they're not going to be there <laughs> because the bait yeah. hides inside those grass stems whenever the water gets up. So the yeah. fish just wait there for them to come out. It, but if yeah. you, you know, 
Like it just it's it, dude. There's so many different patterns on this river. Any any given day, you can fish five different patterns and have success. Um, yeah, it's it's, it's pretty it's, awesome. If you haven't experienced either dawn or dusk when those grass islands are hopping in the Susquehanna, <laughs> you need to because yeah. it is something else, dude. When they get when they start busting bait around those islands, like. I've had some wild days smallmouth fishing, and and I don't like say I catch the biggest, most and biggest fish, but dude, it's the the amount of like big fish are super aggressive. It's crazy. It's like somebody sitting there above you dropping bowling balls in the water. Oh, dude, yeah, and there's like bait flying everywhere, and all you got to do is just throw. You got to rip a spinner bait through wherever (laughs) that's going on, dude. Just hang on. Yeah, that's all they. That's all they need. They're gonna rip it out out of your hands, dude. It's insane. You need to. You need to have have a a Smalley Games weekend tournament on the Susquehanna River. That'd be pretty fun, dude. I there's a lot of things we're playing in, like over. The next few years, a lot of it's just restricted because of like it's this is, you know, my sort of side, you know, business sort of thing. And I don't have the capacity to dedicate to it. I would love to, dude. Trust me, if this ever becomes like my main source of income, which I just what I'm trying to make it to be, I'm going to do all kinds of fun shit, like all kinds of fun shit for the smallmouth community. Oh, yeah. Um, a a a tournament like that would be super cool, dude. And I would, yeah, that'd be like on one A on my list, dude. On could you dude, could you imagine a smallmouth tournament series that had like Lake Erie, the Susquehanna River, the New River, um, you know, pick 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 up you know the Tennessee rivers, like whether it's like the Holston and the French Broad, like. Just go to these awesome smallmouth waters. Go to these upper Midwest, you know, smallmouth waters and smallmouth only tournaments, dude. That would be so much freaking fun. Yeah, oh. I think we're. I think I think a lot of that. Um, we're gonna host uh, a little charity tournament here in Indy this year. Um, a couple of my buddies are Colts players, and they're like, they're big fishermen, and they're like, "Oh man, we want to do a charity tournament." So I was like, "Oh, let's do like a smallmouth only thing." Um, but dude, I think there that would be a niche inside of tournament fishing that nobody's really doing right now. Like yeah. smallmouth only thing. It'd be pretty oh, badass. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna do kayak, bank, wade, jet boat, whatever. Like, it, but it's catch photo release. Right. So, and it's a team tournament. That's the other thing I kind of want to get back to when I was tournament fishing is like the team aspect. Dude, I used to love team tournaments, and like so- nobody does that now. Yeah, nobody does, and and it would be really cool to do that. But do you remember a couple years ago when Scott Butcher did this thing called Five Live? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I don't remember a ton about it, but I remember him doing it. It would be cool to have people doing live tournament fishing against each other in different smallmouth waters where only smallmouth counted. I That would be cool, dude. I mean, especially with all the cool smallmouth rivers and lakes like St. Clair, you know, uh, Millie Lax, you know, uh, Dale Hollow, all those Tennessee boys talk shit down in Dale Hollow. They think that, I think they get their asses whooped. Um, so all you Tennessee boys listening, uh, 
I would love to see. I would love to see you at least play Smoley games. I don't. We have a couple guys playing in Tennessee right now, but I like to see more. But um, yeah, dude, I better get off here, man. Jake, one, I wanted to just tell you I appreciate you buying into our concept and like being a, an advocate for our brand and and uh, yeah, man, I really appreciate it. Um, we're sending out the Browns Masters stuff, which the T-shirts a part of it. There's a lot more in there but um i think you guys will really dig it whenever you get it but i do from the bottom of my heart appreciate you um sort of buying in and and being a part of it man it's you know we're just kind of feeling around in the dark trying to figure out what works and you know we're just well, dudes doing, that love yeah you're doing a great man. job man um what you're doing for the conservation of it what you're doing for you know promoting the 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 species I, it's easy to buy into it because you're doing the right thing. So I appreciate you appreciating me, but you know, yeah, this is your, this is your idea, man. This is your baby. We're all, we're all, you know, we're in a, you know, it's a, it's a small community. We just got off of a swim bait podcast, uh, that right before this. And it's like, we were comparing so and the sort of the two communities and like, I, I would like to create what the swim bait community has with the smallmouth community. Right. Like, the get togethers, the kind of camaraderie and that sort of thing. So that's kind of what I am working towards. I, I don't know how, you know, how that'll all work out, but we got a pretty young demographic that follows us and follows our podcast and stuff. And I think that'll kind of grow, you know, as, as, as the sport matures and, you know, um, but yeah, man, it's great talking to you. I'm sure, um, I'll find an excuse to come fish with you this year at some point. Come on, dude. So, come out whenever my when when Chris comes to Hershey Park, dude. I'll bring the raft, the jet boat, and the kayak. So. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's make it happen. Yeah. All right, dude. We'll take it easy, Jake. I appreciate yep. you, man. Good luck this season. Don't destroy me too bad. So <laughs> I um, gotta catch the fish first, bud. Bro, I'm I'm right there. We had a great winter, but we're uh we went out um, yesterday. Uh, it was like for like two hours, and Chris caught one large mouth. It was brutal. Um, but yeah, it's still early. We got a lot of time. Uh, like I said, if you um, haven't signed up for Smalley Games, large mouths suck for the discount code fifteen percent off. You can get that off the board. Um, this year we did a little bit with the the game pieces. Uh, if you buy five or more, it drops the price down to two bucks a game piece. So pretty inexpensive from that standpoint. Um, so money's not an excuse not to play. And if you need a, if you're poor and you need a free board and you really want to play, just message me. We'll we'll take care of you. So yeah. Um, but anyways, uh, like I said, we get we need to get one from you, Jake, a free the fighter before we leave. So let me hear it, free the fighter. Am I gonna have to wake up my kid? You don't have to yell it. Just say it. Okay. It's all good. All right. Free the fighter. That's right, buddy. All right, Jake. Until next time, bud. Go crush it. Thanks, buddy. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, man. See you.